straight ahead with the 606 Club from Midnight Wednesday.
Well, as much as it hurts me to admit, I think summer is finally over. It's turned a bit cooler this week, hasn't it? Still, we've got two hours of great music, so you can forget about the weather. Welcome back to uh, Straight Ahead with me, David, and the 606 Club of Chelsea Jazz in conversation for the next couple of hours. Our opening track this week was a track that featured bassist Yolanda Charles along with Louise Golby. Yolanda's with us at the club this week. She's a veteran of the groove and soul scene. You may well have uh, heard of her. She's played with the likes of Eric Clapton and Van Morrison. And on the stage with this coming Friday from nine o'clock are going to be vocalists Paris Ruel and Adola Schillen. It's going to be a great groove kind of a gig. And obviously the details for that gig are over on our website, which is 606club.co.uk. Going to carry on now with a brand new track from Sophia Ripley that was sent through to me. Uh, we've got so much new music to play this week, actually. It's really exciting. I'll be telling you all about that in just a moment. But this is Sophia Ripley featuring Terence Thompson. It's a brand new single, which was released on the 27th of September, So Confused. Was 
As I mentioned, a ridiculously busy show this week. We've got new music from Wendy Kirkland, Wildcard, Fiona Ross and Alex Hitchcock. He's got a new project coming out. Our guest is former BBC Young Jazz Musician of the Year trumpeter Alex Ridout. So we'll be speaking to Alex and playing some of her music, plus listening to music from guests with us at the club this week. And one of those guests that uh, you would have been able to see at the club this week was Monica Lickie. She had an album launch with us and uh, comparisons vocally have been made between Monica and Suzanne Vega, Nora Jones and even Joni Mitchell. Not bad company to be keeping. We're going to go back a couple of years now to an earlier album of Monica's and listen to They Say. you're not good for me They say you're gonna break my heart if I don't watch out, but I like your company So I just let love live, baby, let it be. Sometimes you just follow the rules Sometimes you choose to stray away and take some tasty detours and experience the thrill Uncertainty and embrace it for we only know very little about the moment that will follow the moment we are living right now. And as we listen to good advice, we miss out on lessons of our life. So they say that you're not good for me. If there are tears for me to cry, I hope my friends will be around. Thank you. 
Still to come on the show this week, we have got music from guests at the club this week, Martin Speak, Chris Garrick, David L, and also a couple of tracks from Lauren Bush, Marco Marconi's with us, and I've got a track from him too. So lots going on, lots going on, plus, of course, our guest, Alex Ridout. And uh, I thought what we'd do, actually, is play a track from somebody I had on the show back in the summer. Rosie Freighter-Taylor had an album out, Bloom, and that's a great track on there. We haven't played for well, a good few months now, Crazy. After 70 years The party goes there for Is to unlock the door With those are brown and criticize and sleep and Through a fractal on that breaking wall That I see you my friend And touch your face again the Miracles will happen as we trip And no, we're never gonna survive Unless we get a little crazy And no, we're never gonna survive Unless we get a little crazy A crazy people walking through my head One of them's got a gun the other one And yet together They were friends as soon
people Only some want to fly Oh, in a world full of people Only some want to fly In a world full of people Don't they some want to fly amazingly talented and gifted London-based singer Fiona Ross has got a brand new album out, Red Flags and High Heels. And uh, by the time this show airs, the album and the lead single indeed, You Are Like Poison, will have been released on uh, Wednesday the 6th of October they were released. It's her fifth studio album and uh, last year was named among the 100 alternative power music list by She Said. And uh, it was a great year for her and during lockdown managed to create this fantastic album. I've listened to it through. It's a real diversion for her, brand new take. It's got loads of wonderful key changes and melody changes, loving the work that she's doing. On the album, amongst other personnel, she's joined by saxophonist and regular sideman to her, Lauren Hignall, and bassist Derek Daly. So many tracks I could have played, but the one I've picked out for you this week is More Time. My mind never seems to stop rolling I want to do this, want to do that Time is never there for me Always busy, don't you know it's true? Never have time to do my to do's. Will it ever stop? Will I ever find the time I need? Please stop making sense. Do you know we all need a little more time? Please stop making sense. Do you know? A little more time 
They say you'll find the time if you want to It's just not true, it's just not there sure to be playing more from that album over the next few weeks and it's a big week also for my co-host joe harrop her new album the heart wants is released this coming friday and if you want to know why the album is called the heart wants why don't you listen back to last week's show it's available as a podcast over on mixcloud and she explains there how she came by the title for the album but let's play the current single everything's changing Everything's changing Some days it feels Like we've lost control I know I know inside you feel like breaking Don't want to face the day alone Cause everyone's changing Standing divided Fighting war 
It's hard when friends, they seem like strangers And this don't feel like home here anymore But in a world where everything's changing And life's taking your crown Don't you know that better days will come received my copy of that album yet the heart wants but uh, friday is the big day make sure you've got your copy on order and i'll be sure to be playing some tracks on it next week on the show so i mentioned earlier on we had something to play from wendy kirkland who has a new single coming out soon we're in the meantime going to go back to her piano divas album uh, vocalist and pianist Wendy's are joined on the album by Pat Sprakes on guitar, Paul Jeffries is on the double bass and John Richmond drums and here's their take on A Slow Boat to China. Your heart of stone 
Time now to meet our guest for the week, former BBC Young Jazz Musician of the Year, trumpeter Alex Ridout, quite the talent, and a real good interview. The way time marches on, we actually recorded this back in uh, the middle of summer, just while she was getting ready to go to Manhattan, as you'll hear in the interview. But I've had it in the can for a few weeks, I've finally, finally got around to running it. So let's start off the interview with Alex with one of her compositions from an EP of hers, and this is called No Train. Straight Ahead, Jazz and Conversation. Thank you. 
So here we are on Straight Ahead with Alex Riddow. Alex, hello and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to speaking with you. Uh, women in jazz is always a fascinating area for me. Um, and it's, you know, something that is passionate to me to try and get as many women onto the show as possible. And one of the questions that I normally start an interview with, it's one of these generic ones that all interviewers are probably guilty of. Did you have a musical upbringing? Did you come from a musical family? Yes, you're smiling. I, mean, I think the name Riddout probably first came to my recollection uh, with your brother in Nigel. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, so what was it like growing up then? Was music just always around the house? Because, of course, your dad's a player as well, isn't he? Yeah, and my mum. I've not so seen your mum play. I've seen the three of you play. Not, I haven't seen the quartet. What does your mum play? My mum plays sax, but she doesn't really gig so much nowadays. So that's that'll be why you haven't seen her. But um, yeah, I mean, I definitely grew up listening to music, and uh, yeah, it was just all around in every way possible. With you know, um, yeah, just uh, jazz music parents. I was going to say, what's a jazz household? Was it? Pretty jazz, yeah. <laughs> and did you start going to gigs and watching mum and dad early on? Definitely. Oh, yeah. Since I was literally a baby, like, you know, they, they took me along. <laughs> and, um, I, I mean, yeah, I think when I was really young, I kind of wasn't so into it or, you know, just, I, I probably just didn't understand it. But I, I was like, oh, like, you know, that's what my parents do. It's kind of not very cool, but... <laughs> Whatever parents do is not cool. I know that from first-hand knowledge. So when did the trumpet first uh, sort of, I mean, again, did the trumpet choose you or or, or was it the other way around? You chose a trumpet. Um, It's kind of hard to remember. Like I sort of, it was very not a sort of romantic story. I just kind of think I heard some loud trumpets in a band that my brother was playing in. And obviously that's what I wanted to do. And I sort of said, yeah, no, I want to learn the trumpet. But Part of me thinks it was maybe because neither of my parents played it and I didn't want to have them teach me, so I wanted to... <laughs> so there's no direct competition kind of thing or comparison Possibly. or... Yeah, so what, what, yeah, what age did you I first can. pick it up then? Say again? What age did you first pick the trumpet up? Oh, I think I was nine or ten. Um, so I was in school and I just had some lessons there, like group lessons. And to be honest, yeah, like initially uh, things did feel kind of, oh, this seems to make sense. In a way, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. were, you, were you already reading by that stage? Did you start off on piano much younger than that? And... Yeah, I, I actually start, I think my very first instrument was probably recorder. I was going to say recorder, yeah, almost I inevitably. Did, yeah, <laughs> I was, so I did a bit of that and I'd done a bit of pianos so I could kind of, you know, read, read a bit of music and I, I guess I was doing a little bit of singing and stuff, you know. I kind of went, and I went along to like my local music center since I was really young with my dad and did like the percussion ensemble all that sort of thing so the famous yeah. county bands and ensembles the amounts exactly, of Sundays yeah. I've given up towards those causes so. <laughs> exactly yeah. and, and at what point did it become quite obvious that you had a leaning to you know we won't say at the moment prodigy but at what stage did people begin to say oh, this girl can play she's you know she's going to be able to hold her own um I've already thought about the that I don't know what other people thought maybe but I think the time I sort of started taking it seriously was when I started doing the junior department at the Royal Academy of Music and I was about 14 then I was going to say I know you got in there quite you got on the on a distinction didn't you um for the junior academy yeah I, yeah it was kind of like a scholarship thing like there's different names for it but um yeah 
so yeah. you kind of we will get to the academy years in, in just a moment because obviously that's where I know you did your degree and so on. But I'm really interested to learn about Purcell. What age did you go? Is that secondary? Is that like from twelve yeah, onwards? Secondary school, but I only did it for the sixth form. So I literally oh, okay from sixteen to eighteen. Yeah. So for the sort of GCSE years, you're at a regular school, just working, practicing in the evenings and gigging in the evenings and so on. And, and I've seen. Day. And I've seen firsthand uh, that's quite a task. If you're a serious musician trying to find time to go through GCSEs and lately A-levels and find time to practice and go to gigs and getting in late maybe and you're nodding with knowing, look in your eye. It is tough, isn't it? I don't think the teachers really appreciate if a, if a musician is serious, it's a really big ask to try and school well and get a good education. So Purcell, did they, I have the impression that they kind of cater for you more in that way. Would that be right? Yeah, and it's definitely like it was so different to my secondary school in that, you know, there's practice rooms everywhere. They, yeah, the teachers have, they understand that music comes first for the pupils, basically. So, yeah, for me, it was like just a completely different thing to what I was used to. I was so used to like have, being the only person who's like, right, none of this applies to me. Let it go over my head, you know, kind of almost ignoring everything that the teachers were saying to the point of, oh, okay, everyone else is like me now. And yeah, it was, and you didn't, you know, they understand that you're not going to want to do like five A-levels if you want to be a musician, like there's no point. <laughs> so is, is, is that, again, this is, I think probably hearsay that I've, I've kind of heard that the school day is very much centred around the practice rooms. You get the musical education first, you get your musical training first, and then the academic side sort of flows around the musicality. Would that be a fair assessment? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I I guess the only experience I have is as a sixth former, so I was probably, I had a lot less lessons anyway than if I was a bit younger. But I know for like the younger years, it's like, yeah, they've really got like a structured thing of like practice time and all of that sort of thing, which would, to me was like crazy. I was like, wow, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, it's like not like that at all at normal school. Uh, and interestingly, a lot of jazz musicians are actually quite academic as well because the, the, the debunking of jazz, it's actually of a very studious and... There's a, there's a, well, not a science behind, but there's an academia behind it. So were you academic at school? Did you enjoy school? I mean, I did go to, I started off at a grammar school, so I guess at some point. <laughs> and then I kind <laughs> you of passed that exam, like, yeah. Yeah, I think it was sort of, you know, I, I wasn't that interested in it, so I didn't really do a lot of work. So I didn't, I didn't do terribly, like, I did, I did pretty terribly for my A-levels, but my GCSEs <laughs> like, were like, just a, like, you know, Okay, but yeah. Well, obviously, by, you say you did uh, poorly at, at A-level stage. We, we won't go into that. But by that stage, I mean, you were just about BBC Young Jazz Musician. 17, was it? You... I was 17, yeah. yeah so I'm you were going, just finishing GCSEs, and clearly at that point, which would have meant you were really practising a hell of a lot, and your focus was very much directed towards becoming a musician. At 16, 17, was that already your focus, that I am going to be a musician, if at all possible? Yeah, definitely. I mean, once I decided to go to Purcell, that was kind of like, it's not not all my eggs are in one basket, but it was kind of like, you know, this is what I want to do. So yeah, it was kind of around 16, I sort of was pretty set on that, you know. So really A-levels, yeah, meh, didn't mean too I much really, to you. <laughs> Let's get these two years out of the way. Didn't do a lot, yeah. So from Purcell, <laughs> we've mentioned that you had an association with RAM, the Royal Academy for quite a few years already. It was, a, I guess, a natural lead on that you would do your full-on degree at RAM as well. And yeah, was it in, you know, in jazz performance? It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. And did you know the, the guys, that you, the tutors that you were going to have there by that stage? I assume if you're part of the fabric already, you kind of knew. Yeah, to some extent. It was like, you know, Nick Smart, who's the head of jazz, I already knew him. And then there were some teachers that I didn't know. And uh, it was, yeah, it's kind of a mix, like some I knew, some I did. But uh, definitely, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really small course. So it definitely didn't feel too drastically different to be going there. You know? Well, you were a Londoner by birth. Born in no, 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 I'm, I'm from like Dunstable. I'm going by because I love this. Your pause and timing on that was comedic genius. Dunstable. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> in case I have any listeners in Dunstable, we'll, we'll try to dress it up as best as possible. So did you, you obviously ended up living in London then and, and, and stayed on campus for the, the course. Well, yeah, I mean, there isn't a campus. But I sort of lived nearby. Because it's, it's St. John's Wood, isn't it? That kind of Marlebone, that kind uh, of area. Yeah, Marlebone, yeah, more Marlebone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you're obviously on the, the London scene then. I'm guessing that while you were there, do you know that three-year course, would it be? Three or four? It's, well, yeah, I've four. literally just graduated like a few, like a week ago, so. Do you actually get a graduation this year then? I mean, yeah, we did. We had... Like, and we had a ceremony, but it was sort of like socially distanced and you could only have a couple of guests. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was in person. So You actually had an in-person one. Wow. Yeah. Shows that life is getting a bit more normal again. Slightly, yeah. <laughs> so did you find yourself out on the scene gigging a lot through those four years then? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, I mean, at times it's pretty hard to balance that even when you're doing a jazz degree. It's like, you know, but. Uh, yeah, I was I was gigging a lot and still am really, but less so because of the pandemic. But yeah. And so that final year at Ram then being on lockdown and I'm assuming, well, I, I know firsthand that all of your work would, would have to have been done online, right? Yeah. Uh, so actually, having said that, we, this, so this year, like this academic year, we spent, we have managed to do quite a lot of it in person, which was really cool. So it felt a bit more normal again because it's just hard yeah. trying to do any kind of wind instrument online because it's just never going to sound good. And, oh, yeah. and the one-to-one, you know, obviously if you're in a room with somebody, you can kind of vibe off them, can't you? You can pick up their energy and yeah. the inspiration comes through and just watching their technique, I guess. What does Actually, it's a question I've never asked anybody. In a very broad sense, just talk us through what a music degree course is like kind of what is the idea behind it what do you go there to learn i mean is it just how to be a performer or to learn more of the history of jazz or give us a broad idea of what the four years brings to you sure i mean i guess the idea is that you get a bit of everything and like you kind of have an understanding of different things so yeah you have you have your ensembles which is small ensemble it's big band you have your one-on-one lesson um with various teachers that you get to choose and then yeah you have there's history classes there's oral and transcription class there's composition and arranging so it's kind of like basically you cover everything and I think for most people they sort of find the thing that they like out of those things and that it's like yeah you might pick up what you like the most from having those classes or even more what you don't like and yeah it's kind of like you get a bit of everything and also you get skills of everything yeah there's like rhythmic skills as well so yeah it's like basically just yeah. and for you what would one of your if we were sort of try and cherry pick some of your favorite aspects of the course where would that fall do you think it's kind of hard to say because I think every year has been different like this past year I've really 
enjoyed the rhythmic studies actually. Um, but then the composition is like probably the most, I, I've probably learned the most kind of like useful stuff in that. I don't know. It's kind of different and everything, but then I, I really like doing ensembles. I think that's probably the bit that I like the most, like doing like a really good small ensemble with a, you have like a tutor come in and take the ensemble for a few days. And I really love doing that. So. Yeah. Um, I was just thinking back as I was talking to you. I think one of the last times possibly I saw you play was with Clark's band. And I think Mark was on the, on, on the snap. I think Mark was in the lineup that night. It's Mark Armstrong and you. I'm sure you were uh, both together that night. And so, because I, I love Clark's big band. It's, a, it's yeah, such yeah. an intricate, delicate sound. It's really cool, yeah. I mean, it I almost love- has sweets in there. And so it's beautiful, isn't it? It's, it's a different kind of big band altogether. Yeah, it is, it is. It's very unique, yeah. Because actually you and Clark go back some time, don't you? You've played with Clark for quite a few years. Yeah, along we did like I started playing in his Hexad, which was playing some of Stan Tracy's music, and I mm-hmm. think I was about seventeen when I started doing that. And then I did his quintet for like I can't remember how many years, but like four-ish, something like that. And let's just backtrack a little bit to the BBC uh, Young Jazz Musician of the Year. I mean, clearly a very prestigious award to win, and I think I've been lucky enough to have Deshnell on and Zosa. So. You know, we're, we're trying to pick up on the because I, I love the, the hands that jazz is in. There's so many great people around at the moment that are going to see jazz through for the next 20, 30, 40 years. It's an exciting, vibrant time. But um, just talk us through the process for you with that award and how you first entered it. Who suggested that you enter it? Well, so, for yeah, who who suggested it was Gareth LaCrane, who was right. Yeah, he was like funny. Yeah, yeah, because he... Uh, he runs the Junior Academy course for jazz at the Academy. And uh, he, yeah, he was just encouraging everyone to apply. And like, because it's every two years, the two years before I was like, oh, there's no way, like I'm way too nervous to do this. And then, yeah, it was like, you know, all my friends are applying. So we all just, oh yeah, we'll all just do it. It wasn't like, I didn't think too much about it. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the process, uh, it's, kind of straightforward you've got to do like a video and they pick from that the semi-finalists and then you go do the semi-final and then they pick finalists so it's like yeah it was, I just worked I felt like I was working quite hard for it I suppose like practicing a lot um but I was at Purcell so it was kind of so you had practice rooms there you could dedicate and they were obviously very understanding of it being in your A-level years they just said yep that's important go work on that yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so it's really it was really good to be at Purcell for that. I think like it made a lot of sense that I was there. Is there any time. points at which they give you the pieces because they want to hear you play something of a certain, you know, rhythmically, or they pick a piece they think is going to challenge you, or is it always your choices? Oh no, it's all your choice for BBC. You mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's a hundred percent just like you choose what you want to play. I think you have. I think I can't remember exactly, but I think you had to bring one of your own pieces. At least. Least one, I think. I can't remember. Thank you. 
and the track that we heard at the end of the first part of the interview was Wisdom and we've got more from Alex coming up shortly. Wildcard are back with a brand new single. The single is called Deception Story of a Break-In. Once again featuring the Blue Note recording artist Marcus Strickland, uh, the trumpeter of course, and also the 2019 Grammy Award winner Charlie Porter and on trombone duties is Rosie Turnton. And it's all to do with the story actually of when uh, uh, Clement was loading up the van ready for a gig the next day and the, the front door was left open for just minutes and he walked back into his home and uh, found a, a woman that he never knew had never met before in there and she claimed oh she was collecting clothes for charity so he let her be about her business only to find out that uh, in that short time she'd uh, taken his car keys and house keys and wallet as well and any cash she could find all of that while his wife and children were in the house so on the back of that he's written this uh, <laughs> next single from Wildcard it's called as I said Deception Story of a Breaking."
time now we uh, conclude our interview with trumpeter Alex Ridout, and we're going to start off the second part of the interview with a track of hers called Oxana. Straight ahead with David Lewis. Thank you. 
So you're actually only at the studios for a couple of the semi-finals and final then, as you say, before that, the culling, as it were, is done via video. Yes. And then they invite the ones they want to see kind of thing. And then so and then you get given the band to go and work with, don't you? And Yeah, you just have like, I think it was a couple of days of rehearsal in Cardiff, actually. Um, and yeah, you just, you know, go through what you're going to play with the band and get to meet them and stuff. Uh, yeah, it was a really good time, actually. I, I mean, I learned so much just, you know, from playing and have it, having to sort of, you know, assert yourself a bit and decide what's going to be a good program and like not sort of get too nervous and all that sort of stuff, you know. You mentioned just a moment ago a, a phrase in passing that you were too nervous uh, when you were that much younger. Has, has that performance anxiety ever been an issue for you? I don't think, no, nah, it's not. It's like, I wouldn't say an issue, but I definitely get nervous. So I, it's, it's hard to say, like, I wouldn't say, oh, no, like, I've never had that. I've definitely, you know, there's been specific specific times when I've been like, okay, like, if I wasn't so nervous, I would have played better. But it is just an experience thing, I think. And it's like, you know, I've I've been lucky enough to have a lot of experience. But I definitely think after, one of the worst things was coming back after, you know, the pandemic. And I mean, it's not over, but, you know, it's like... Because it was so long off the stand. Yeah, that that was like, for me, that was like, that really knocked me for six. <laughs> I was like, wow, like I have to do all this again a bit. And yeah, get- yeah. I've asked quite a few people that question. Again, you know, even down to the fact of being gig fit because you can practice all you want, but the chops aren't on stand for 90 minutes or 245s, are they? And, and you just, you know, you can practice. And practicing is all well and good. And I guess some people are better at it than others, but it's never got that energy it's never got that excitement not at all the drive that you get on a gig exactly so how, how did you find it then was it a, a ch- you stayed at university in the like last march march 2020 around that period did you stay in london or did you have to debunk and go back home to dunstable <laughs> I, don't, I i was born i was born in dunstable my parents have been able to be that, so. okay okay um i was yeah funnily enough i was doing an exchange year in miami right so Oh, I had come oh. back from Miami for like when lockdown started. So that was kind of. Oh, so you would be one of those people picturing the airport, scrambling back, trying to get there before the plane stopped. And... I was like, the, the only flight that wasn't cancelled was my one and <sighs> all of that. So, yeah, I, I mean, I came back and stayed, I was just with my parents for like a few months, really, and then went back, then moved in, back into London for, I guess, yeah, September in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was a period of like doing, I was doing like online classes for Miami. So I was on. <laughs> time delay as well. Time. Yeah, you know, I was on like five every night. <laughs> so you mentioned that you've just finished your four-year course. Is that hmm. you done with education now? Are you thinking of doing a master's or what's the I'm plan? Actually, yeah, I'm going to be doing a master's next year. So. And what will that be in? Um, in jazz performance. <laughs> 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 but, um, yeah, I'm going to the Manhattan School of Music. Oh, in wow. Masters are normally for a year, is that right? It's two years, actually. I'm a year out on all of you, aren't I? I was out on your, on your degree, <laughs> I'm out on your masters. Ah, find no, another, fine. get somebody else to interview, honestly. But, yeah. um, so a two years masters over in, sorry, where do you say, in Manhattan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow, that's going to be some time, isn't it? Have you been to New York before? I have, but only like for like briefly when when I was in Miami I like went up and visited a couple of times so will that involve gigging then is that part of what they do not really to be honest like I can't really work there uh um, on my visa so it'll be more like you know 
getting everything together a bit more. And I mean, yeah, there's jam sessions and stuff like that, but it's more, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I just kind of, the course is amazing there and everything. So. And, and when do you go? In like two weeks, kind of. Wow. So <laughs> the takeaway from this is go and see Alex quickly because he's not going <laughs> to be on the scene I for mean, a little while. Be, I'm coming back, you know, I'm coming back at Christmas and all this, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen yet. But yeah, I'll, I'll be going there, but then I'm coming back for a month at Christmas and uh, probably again at summer and then, you know. <laughs> so cram as many gigs as you can in then. Maybe you can do some yeah, live yeah. streams, man. How cool would that be? Some yeah, streams. Be really cool. Oh, wouldn't that be? That'd be really cool. And and just briefly speaking of gigs, as we record this tomorrow, you're actually at the club with uh, Paul Booth, aren't you? I am, yeah, yeah. I was a real lovely get together. I, I knew I was interviewing you. We had that in the diary, and then I was uh, doing the show this week. Oh, Alex is on with Paul. So have you two worked <laughs> together before? Never. Really. Oh, never. Wow. Like this is very much the debut. Thing. <laughs> uh, is it going, are you going to be playing some of your numbers on that set? No, it's all his music. Um, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be really cool. Um, his music's great. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm a bit nervous because I'm going to be, have to do his music justice, you know. But <laughs> yeah. so, so again, just, I, I like to sort of ask the, the geekier side of questions and, and clearly bad at my job because I'm out on the time frames all the time but um, <laughs> with, with a set like tomorrow do you know what you're playing has he, has he basically sent you the charts through have you got a pretty good idea by this stage what you're playing yeah for I guess each situation would be different but for this one yeah and he's sent through charts um I've just been you know trying to get it together a bit and play through them but uh it'll, it's, it won't be like uh it'll still be kind of different to be playing it you know on the gig and everything so and yeah. you've, you've, you've played at the six a, a fair number of times haven't I have you? a few times yeah I haven't for a little while actually but yeah I've done quite a few gigs there yeah I mean it's a lovely club to go and watch music and now it's open again and it sounds like people are flocking in and you know the club is full again and of course people will also be able to catch up if they missed you at the club they'll be able to see you on the catch up because all the oh, big amazing. gigs are yeah. streamed and recorded so I'll be able to get you on that as well compositionally then you, you're a writer aren't you and you enjoy that side of it yeah, I do really like composing, yeah. And have you got any ideas album-wise? Is that something you're maybe working toward? Yes, I actually just recorded with my band, like, very recently. Uh, I'm not sure, I have, it's very much like, you know, not sure what's going to happen with it yet, so. How many piece just, band is it? It's a quintet. Right, comprising of? Of guitar, piano, drums, and um, Bass and me, yeah. I don't want to get this wrong. <laughs> 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 I didn't think about it. So, and yeah. that, that's all your compositions on on that. It is, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I can't give you any. Not that I'm being secretive. I literally have no idea what's going to happen with it yet. <laughs> and, and do you find that writing comes to you easier sometimes rather than others? Do you wake up one day and just feel, yeah, I'm in that creative space. I can go away and write productively today and put some good charts down. Is that kind of how it works? I guess, like, to some extent, you know, it's some days are easier than others because you've got something in your head or, you know, you've got some idea. But then it's, you kind of, I guess being at Academy as well, you have a lot of lessons in kind of how to create something and how, how to, like, discipline yourself a bit with writing. You it know. sounds like you'll need to practice rooms as we talk. Would I be right? I'm sure I just heard a horn in the background. It sounds like a clarinet or something. I actually am, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm using the Academy Wi-Fi. <laughs> 
thank you thank you ram for making this possible <laughs> so because you, you haven't released an album yet have you no i haven't i haven't so potentially um, this could yeah. be your first one this would be my debut album yeah when and i mean it will happen at some point i just have to do logistics you know so presumably as you've only got a couple of weeks left before you trot off to manhattan you've got a few gigs in before then because it seems that the calendar is generally opening up for most guys again now yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a few things and I've done a few things um, before I go, yeah. So. And say, it seems to be, a, 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 I'm, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I referred to early on with this really strong scene at the moment. Jazz just seems to be an exciting, you know, from Rosie Fraser Taylor's, I mean, Zoe's and Deschanel that I've met, you know, there's so many, Sam Jones, I keep seeing him on so many people's work and albums. There's so many great musicians at the moment coming through roughly the same time as you. Do you do you feel that energy yourself? Yeah, definitely. It's really cool, and like, I feel like that's so important as well. Like, to keep it, you know, keep everyone wanting to do it, and mm. yeah, I no, I definitely would agree. I mean, I think I, I know for a fact that I've changed very much the nature of the music I play on the show. Before, I used to very much focus the reason it's called Straight Ahead on the fifties, sixties blue note sound. That was kind of me all over, and then yeah. just gradually, I've started listening to this new music that's being sent through. It's like, wow. You'd be a fool not to be using what's right in front of you now. Make some history, you know, because there's some great yeah, music yeah. out there. There, there truly oh, yeah. is. And Scotland at the moment is is producing. I had Fergus on recently, and there's some yeah, friend, yeah. ridiculously good musicians coming from Scotland. So it's a whole UK thing, which hopefully you're going to take over to Manhattan as well. <laughs> show show them what the blighties can do. Back soon enough, you know. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> run out of money or something. And have you sort of thought? I know it's looking forward a couple of years, but sort of part after the Masters is finished. Is it very much at this stage, see how life goes? If things are good in the States, you might work out, well, I don't know, take into one side the visa situation. If we, if we hypothetically imagine that a visa materialises itself, would that be a you know, If life's good, you might stay in the States a bit, come back here to work. Do you know, have you got a game plan? Have you ever had a game plan? It's really hard to say because I literally, I just, it really just depends on like how it goes. But I think I'm basically seeing it as, you know, Whatever happens, I'll have done a really good masters in, you know, the city where jazz is, jazz is, <laughs> you know. And um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't say I have a game plan, but it's like you know, just practice lots and try and you know play with the people as much as possible, and then hopefully some good stuff will Make happen. Make use of that experience. While I was just yeah, thinking yeah. actually that the trumpet section has done well on this show recently. A couple of weeks ago we had Yaz on. Oh, amazing. Yaz Ahmed. And just before that, we had Quentin on. He came back on actually for a second time because he's off touring now with Kyle. Um, oh. So the trumpets are doing well at the moment. I need to spread away from trumpets. I think I've done the trumpet section. <laughs> and one little random question, and this one is a slight curve, but it's not nasty, don't fear. If we were to look at your, your playlist, your kind of Spotify playlist right now, very diversified or is it jazz? Um, a bit diverse. I would say like, most things I'll listen to, there's something related to jazz, maybe. But I don't know. It's kind of it, it's a mix. But I definitely mostly listen to jazz. I would. And who would be your biggest influences, either when you were much younger, first getting into it, or now as your musical ear has developed and matured? Who are, who are your go tos right now? Um, I guess like my kind of time. <laughs> I say that in inverted commas. All time favorite trumpet player is probably Freddie Hubbard. Mm. And I'd always come back to Freddie, um, but I don't know, like, I've, I always find this question so hard because it does change a lot, but um, I really, you know, 
I, I listen to a lot of different people and it's like, I was just watching a Sonny Rollins interview actually just before this. And, uh, but then, the, the, yeah, there's like contemporary people as well. Like I love Ambrose. I love his career. I'm, I'm quite in the trumpet vein at the moment. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And is it, is it the technical, is it the technical side of them that you enjoy watching and learning from? Because obviously you can learn a lot just by watching good videos, can't you? you know, performances and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's like, I, I just, it's hard to say. Like, I think I just really like the way it sounds and I really kind of, I don't want to say resonate because I don't think I'm, I don't, I would, I'm not on that level, but you know, it's like, it says something to me and I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, I really like. But again, you, you, you mentioned Hubbard and I'm just thinking back to that era, again, talking about the way musical boundaries are pushed. I love the way that Quincy, uh, Miles, um, Hubbard, Herbie all went into that jazz funk thing, Donald Bird. And because I present shows that play that music. And yeah, I love Donald Bird. When I kind of mentioned to people, these were straight ahead, because you, you know what it's like. I present a jazz show and people say, oh, jazz. Oh, dear. And it's kind of like, honestly, you, well, you, you like places and spaces from Donald Bird. Well, he is a straight ahead player. You know, like it yeah, or not, yeah, he's yeah. a jazz man. That's such a good album. That's one of my favourite albums. It's awesome. And it's isn't like, it? all time you know yeah 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 so again you know the way the way those guys weren't afraid just to take jazz and move it on and evolve it which is what you guys are doing right now and i've got a feeling we're entering into, right yeah yeah i think we're entering into a really exciting period for jazz so i'm just going to let people know where they can find you on socials um you're on Bandcamp, which is always a good way to go and buy your music and listen to your music that's alexandra ridout on Bandcamp, and easy to find on facebook alexandra ridout uh alex ridout music on twitter and alexandra.ridout on Instagram. So you are everywhere. And presumably, while you're away in the States, you're going to be posting a bit more regularly, I hope, on uh, on the good old Insta so you can see what you're I'll up try, to. I'll try. I'm really, really bad at it. But just... It's a part of the business. It's a I part know. of the business. And you, you're in a cool place. People need to see what you're doing. Yeah, it's true. It's... Let, let us see Manhattan through a trumpeter's eyes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Alex, it's been lovely having you on the show. And I, I, I say the gig uh, will have already happened with Paul by the time this interview runs. But it will be available on the Sixes channel if you go there. It's a tiny little subscription. It's like price of pint of beer. And then you've got access to all of these archives of great videos so you can watch Alex and Paul there. So I hope the gig goes really well. And more importantly, I hope the couple of years over in Manhattan are excellent for you. Enjoy every moment. It's been lovely having you on, Alex. Thank you so much indeed. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And by now, of course, Alex will be firmly ensconced in her apartment in New York. And if you can do some live streams from that apartment, I think that would look ever so good on social media. You've got to get on your social game. Lovely having you on the show, Alex. I hope everything's going really well for you. This week at the club on Tuesday, you would have been able to see Martin speak. Um, he's been at the forefront of the jazz scene since the 80s, remarkably enough. And uh, we're going to go back to a project of his. It was a critically acclaimed album on an ECM release called Change of Heart. We're going to be playing the title track. And on this track, it features artists such as Paul Motion, Bobo Stenson and Mick Hutton as well. So here's the title track from the album Change of Heart.
I mentioned that we've got a couple of tracks to play from Lauren Bush on the show this week, the first of which is lined up ready to play next, and Lauren joins the amazingly gifted pianist Marco Marconi. They've got a lunchtime gig at the club, gets going from 1.30 this coming Sunday. It's a portrait of Duke Ellington, so it's going to be a load of standards and, of course, music of the Duke. But at the moment, Lauren's got an album out, Dream Away. We have been playing tracks from the album over the last few weeks. In fact, I want to get in touch with uh, Lauren and get her on the show. But this is the first of those two tracks we've got for you, and you stepped out of a dream. too wonderful to be what you seem. Could there be eyes like yours? Could there be lips like yours? Could there be smiles like yours? Honest and truly, you stepped out of a cloud. I want to take you away, away from the crowd and have you all to myself.
a dream You are too wonderful to be what you seem Could there be eyes like yours? Could there be lips like yours? Could there be smiles like yours? Honest and truly You stepped out of a cloud I want to take you away, away from the crowd And have you all to myself Straight ahead with the 606 Club and David Lewis.
And that was a track from the new project that I talked about from Alex Hitchcock. Of course, we had Alex on the show earlier this summer. Who <laughs> who haven't we had on the show this summer? And uh, he's got a new project coming out called Dream Band. Wonderful lineup on there. Deshnal Gordon and Midori Jaeger from the UK. And joining him from the US is Chris Cheek and Jason Brown. They're touring in November. And I reckon I should have uh, some more information on it for you nearer the time. A little bit early on today at the club uh, was Christian Garrick, the jazz violinist. So let's play something from him now. And this is Mercy Street.
Earlier this week, one of our favourites at the club joined us once again, guitarist Dave Ittel, who's carved out quite the career as a studio and uh, gigging guitarist. Well, he was at the club along with saxophonist Naomi Adriance, and uh, the gig was great by all accounts. So I thought what we'd do is play a track that features Dave. Uh, it was a Nigel Waddington album that he featured on, and this is September.
So we've been playing music from Lauren Bush on the show this week. In fact, we've got one more track to play. We're going to close the show with another track from Lauren's Dream Away album. But uh, she is at the club this coming weekend on Sunday. Sunday lunchtime, they've got their portrait of Duke Ellington gig. And Marco was uh, obviously born in Italy and trained at the uh, Conservatory of Perugia before coming over to England in the early 2000s. And he's performed at many of the festivals, including Cheltenham Jazz Festival and also the Lancaster Music Jazz Festival as well. So we're going to play a track from Marco now, and this is You, The Night and The Music.
are just about out of time on this week's show. Thank you for your company as ever. And thank you also to our guest trumpeter, Alex Ridder over in Manhattan. Now, I hope everything's going really well for you over there and it'd be lovely to catch up when you come back. And don't forget, if you can, get onto socials and uh, <laughs> show you practicing in a Manhattan apartment. I think that'd be pretty cool. And uh, we've got time for just one more track now. And it is going to be another track from the Dream Away album from Lauren Bush, a uh, Canadian expat now living over in London. Well, don't forget, she is performing along with pianist Marco Marconi on Sunday. If you're around Sunday lunchtime, it's a 1.30pm gig portrait of Duke Ellington. So you're going to appear in plenty of standards from the Duke. I'm sure it's going to be an absolutely fantastic gig. But uh, one more track to play, and it is going to be You Are Everything from her album Dream Away. Thanks to your company. I'll be back next week with more jazz and conversation. In my life, nothing seems so right as to be with you. And when I'm with you, I always sing your everything. And as time goes by, floating like a bird, am I even songbirds? In love, oh, life's a game And as we go Dancing through the sun In love And as time goes by Floating like a bird Am I Even songbirds I know will sing Your everything Everything.
Thank you.